This is Wrestling with your host, Isaac Scanlon. Joining me for this episode of Wrestling is college classmate Faith Pine. Hear Faith describe her upcoming mission journey to Nicaragua and everything that has led her there. Along the way, we wrestle with how to have a missionary mindset, whether at home or abroad. And I give a teaser to a future episode, so stay tuned. Hi, Faith. Welcome to Wrestling. Hi, Isaac. Thank you so much. Oops. No worries. Okay. Let's play it. Hi, Isaac. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, not no trouble. It's it's good that you've come on the podcast, and we were trying to think of a trying to find a place to record it, and we ended up back here at our alma mater. That's right, Bethel University. Woot woot. Yeah. Man, you know, I was just thinking, it's been four years since Faith and I graduated. So that means that we've been out of college as long as we were in college. That's very funny and true. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm an old man. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> well, not the man part. The- <laughs> I was just going to say that, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I know what you meant. <laughs> At any rate, welcome to wrestling. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yes. So, uh, so you reached out to me, and you said you will be taking the international mission field soon. Yep. Tell us about that. I'm excited to do so. Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, where do I start with this crazy adventure? Let's start at Bethel University. So... <laughs> So I was um, a co- uh, senior at Bethel, um, just sitting in my dorm room, about to do my next nursing assignment, when, boom, I get an image in my head, followed by a thought. So the image was of this African woman who was wearing blue scrubs and a stethoscope around her neck, and she was um, surrounded by children under a large tree. And then the thought that came to my head was missions. Like, is this a missionary of some sort? Um, And then the next thought that came to my head was, wait, I was going to do travel nursing. (laughs) Because that's what I was thinking I would do with my nursing degree was travel nursing because I love to travel and get new experiences. But I really felt like through this image and thought God was trying to redirect my path to say, nope, not travel nursing. I want you to use a degree as a medical missionary. And I didn't know any of the details at the time, but by God's grace, I did um, choose to surrender because he had been showing me a lot of himself at that time that I could trust him. His plans were best for my life. Even how I ended up at Bethel as a nursing major is another story of its own. So I said oh. yes and, moved and, and followed through. Okay. Well, that's awesome to hear, but... How you ended up at Bethel, you said that's an interesting story. That's, I'd like to hear about that. Okay, so... <laughs> if, if you don't mind, of course. Oh, no, of course, I don't mind. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I heard about Bethel, um, what, a month before I graduated from high school. So it was definitely not on my radar. I did want to go to a, a private Christian school, 
or just a Christian school in general, but that's private, I guess, most of us know. So um, I was thinking of North Central University because that's a lot cheaper and still Christian school. And I wasn't even thinking of nursing. I was thinking of being a social worker. Um, but then I heard about Bethel one month before I graduated high school through my pastor who and who him and all his family had gone to Bethel. And it's funny, the reason why I was thinking of North Central in the first place is because the other church that I used to go to before that current church, all of, all of the members there went to North Central. So it's kind of funny how like God all planted me from the North Central Church now to the Bethel Church. And, and then that's kind of how I heard about Bethel. And by the way, I think you meant to say the college. You're not referring to, you know, the Bethel Church out oh, in California. No, no. I just mean like, I mean like the church where people went, people from, were from Bethel. Got it. Yeah. Okay. At any rate, continue. Okay. Um, so he told me about it. I said, okay, I'll check it out. And yeah, I did some tours. I had a few schools lined up. My mom came with me here. And then as soon as she like saw the place, she was like, okay, this is where we're going. <laughs> I'm like, um, we still have two other um, colleges to check out. But she liked, this, she liked this place and she convinced me to do nursing. And long story short... It was never on my radar, Bethel or nursing, but the way how God kind of brought it about, um, and now looking back, it was definitely a God thing because I loved my time here at Bethel, and also I love nursing. I Looking back now, social work is really, really, takes a very, very special kind of people because I do work with um, social workers at the hospital right now. Um, and their job just seems so hard and so sad. And mm. so I am blessed to be on the other end where I can, you know, physically help, help people get physically better and they can get out of the hospital and be okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're all gifted in different areas. But. Yeah. And God provided for me. That was my, one of my biggest fears too of like, oh, Bethel was so expensive. Well, God definitely came through for me and provided a lot for me and minimized my debt by a lot. So praise God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just so cool to hear providential stories like these. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. All right. So I'm assuming you, you did, you did some kind of nursing for a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, so again, we graduated in, in 2019 and Boy, what a time to start a career in the medical field, mm -hmm. huh? That's right. I know. I had one normal year of nursing, and then boom, the pandemic hit, and people were all wearing masks, and yeah, it was an interesting adventure, but here we are now at the end of it. Yes, indeed. So uh, as, you're, as you're thinking about going and becoming a medical missionary, uh, where, where are you going? Great question. So um, after graduating from Bethel and just kind of doing my thing for a few years, getting experience, I felt God was pulling on my heart last year now to start looking into this process long term. And so I ended up applying with um, the Christian and Missionary Alliance, who is the denomination of my church right now. And they also is a missions organization. And their vision is um, to, it's, it's all of Jesus for all of the world, try to reach all, all the different countries and um, one of their specialties is relief and development work. And so that's the specialty that I'm going with. And so they are, to answer your question, Isaac, long story, is to um, send me to Nicaragua, 
with a two-year pit stop to Guatemala. But more on that later. Okay. <laughs> okay. So um, how exactly did you, did you choose this part of the world? Yep. So I did not choose it. It chose me. Well, rather, God chose it for me. Um, so when I applied with the organization, I, I do have a passion for Latin America. That's something that God put on my heart in high school when I was learning Spanish. So I told the organization about this, and they said, well, <laughs> we don't really have missionaries right now in that part of the world. Um, we used to have a bunch of missionaries back in the day in Latin America. They came in, they planted churches, and then the churches started to grow, which is great. So then the missionaries went elsewhere to keep spreading the gospel. So that's why currently the Alliance does not have very many missionaries. There's one in Costa Rica and one couple in Mexico. That's it. So they said, we will see. <laughs> and so here I was thinking, okay, I might have to surrender Latin America and get ready to move to North Korea. Or North so Korea. Or somewhere. Uh-huh. Wow. I, wow. That would be, that would be pretty, pretty hardcore. Right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. But fortunately, I did not have to move to North Korea because then they came back to me and they said, well, Nicaragua. And then they, and then they gave me an invitation. All right. Yeah. That, that sounds like a better fit. It would, it would take a lot for me <laughs> to be convinced that, that I would be, that I'm called to be a missionary to North Korea. Why? Because that place is... It's frightening. And, and I mean, I know that, you know, of course, the whole idea of being a missionary is, you know, you're, you're stepping outside of your comfort zone and you're going to a part of the world that you might not get to enjoy all of the amenities here in America. But mm -hmm. I don't know. North Korea, that's just... Another that, story. Yeah, that is another story. I mean, of course someone's got to go there right right and you know if that's if that's me being called there i mean who am i to disobey mm -hmm. but that said it would that would take a lot of convincing so what would it take to convince you though, that you were going being caught in north korea that's a good question i honestly writing on the wall <laughs> maybe <laughs> Yeah, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, but it might have to be something like that. Wow. <laughs> no. But, yeah, I understand. That's a pretty intense country. Yeah. But at any rate, you're, uh, you're headed to Nicaragua. Yes, I am. Not North Korea, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> so the way the invitation went was they said, we don't have any missionaries right now in Nicaragua, but we do have a church there that we planted in the capital. And so we reached out to that church for any opportunities to serve. And they said, well, there is this clinic next to us that's shut down if you guys want to come and reopen it. Hmm. Well, all right. Well, then, that just sounds like a divinely orchestrated opportunity. That's what I thought, too. I was like, wow. That is amazing. Praise God for this door open. He knew the passion that he put in my heart for Latin America, and he did that for a reason, and now here he hmm. is coming through. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's incredible how that works. Mm -hmm, exactly. Hmm. 
Yep, and then like thinking about it too, I can, I I can imagine that Nicaragua does need a clinic because I've never been there, but I've been to its neighbor Costa Rica um, last year on a short-term mission trip, and there I just so happened, not really, <laughs> um, to work with Nicaraguan immigrants. And when the missionary there found out that I was a nurse, she was like, oh my gosh, we're going to adopt you one day. We really need a nurse here. And then hmm. she jumped into this whole story of how one day a Nicaraguan immigrant woman needed a wound taken care of on her hand. And so the missionary took her to the local clinic in Costa Rica. And there she was treated so poorly that they didn't give her any pain medicine. They scrubbed her wounds raw and hurled insults at her. And I was like, what? Why? Hmm. And the missionary said, basically, the Nicaraguans are considered inferior around here. And hmm. those who leave their poverty-ridden, government-oppressed country either get treated poorly or die trying. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty sad I don't know um, I don't know how much you know about this but I think Nicaragua is going through some some political turmoil right now yeah I don't know too much about it but I just know that they have a dictatorship president yeah I, I don't know much about it either but but I just know that there's been there's been an increase in people trying to leave Nicaragua mm -hmm, exactly yeah, and actually this year I saw that The Voice of the Martyrs published. Um, they have like their list every year of top 50 countries that are the most persecuted in the world. And this year, Nicaragua made that list. They're number 50, so they're not very high. But the fact is they weren't on that list before, and now they're on the list. Hmm. What's going to happen? <laughs> right. Yeah. What is happening? I know. And Latin America isn't necessarily the first area of the world that comes to mind when I think of Christians being persecuted. Exactly, me neither. Right, I mean... There are some. Right, but, you know, according to Voice of the Martyrs, those are usually even regions within companies. I mean, not companies, countries. Mm -hmm. You know, regions within within Latin American countries, but, but you know, at least uh, professing Christianity, it's... It seems very baked into the into Latin American culture. Exactly, right. I feel like that like a majority of the people there are are the, the believe in God. No matter. I mean, I don't know if like mm -hmm. they, you know how their practices is, but so right. yeah, I it's know interesting. Catholicism is yes, is a big thing. Predominantly, there. yep. Yes, that's yeah. for sure. When when the Spanish came, they they brought their Catholicism with them. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, so I left um, Costa Rica last year just kind of brokenhearted for the Nicaraguans, um, thinking I would actually return to Costa Rica to be a source for compassionate, quality health care for the Nicaraguan immigrants. And look what God's doing. He's sending me directly mm. to Nicaragua itself to, be, to serve the underserved, underdog nation of Nicaraguans mm. who are oppressed and under this government and on this list now and all kinds of things happening in that country. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, on the one hand, we really see the spiritual warfare happening. You know, mm -hmm. the enemy has his plan. And and of course, you know, the sin natures of this of this dictator and his regime. But yet here God is sending you and sending others into the country to to see what what good can be done. Exactly. Thank you, Isaiah. I was just going to say, like, 
after doing some research about Nicaragua and finding all these things, I found out they're the poorest country in all of Latin America, and that's why they're treated the way they're treated. I just feel like God is trying to say, like, I see you guys. Like, hmm. I see your suffering. I see your pain. I know you, and I love you, and I'm going to make a way for you to enter this land, heal the land, both physically and emotionally and spiritually, to point you guys towards me and give you greater hope. And so that is my prayer for the Nicaraguans and the the neighboring nations. Amen. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome that God has given you this vision. Yes. So, of course, I know you said you'd be a medical missionary and you got your nursing degree, but... Maybe could you go into some more specifics of of what you'll be doing? Yes, for sure. So um, the plan is in 2025, so that is whole two years from now, I'm going to be entering Nicaragua um, to reopen this clinic that's in the capital city. It'll be a church-based clinic. I'm very happy for that because that will be a direct link that the Nicaraguans can see between the clinic and Jesus himself, like coming in to to make a way for them. And then I'm happy that it will be in the, in the capital because that will give people a lot of access, like more people access to this clinic. And mm-hmm. hopefully it will be a very affordable, because they're, you know, they're very, very poor, a very affordable clinic for them to be able to meet their physical needs. Hmm. All right. So do you know if... Uh for example, I know that there are some uh, medical missionary establishments where where missionaries come in and, you know, oftentimes they'll evangelize to patients and their families. Do you know if if uh, if that's the kind of thing you'll be doing there or or will you just be primarily focusing on getting this clinic reopened, getting it underway and showing the love of Christ in that manner? Great question. Um... Take your time. I guess we're just thinking of it as like, it's going to be like, a, they're going to be, both those aspects will be like integrated, like mm-hmm. kind of like how you mentioned, it'll be like open, opening and running the clinic and meeting physical needs. But like you said, like through that, people will be able to see because it's church-based and like all of our operations, we're going to, we're hoping to run it in like a Christ-like manner and to like show the love of Christ um, in our interactions with the people. And of course, we're going to be very bold as well. We're not just going to like, we're, they're going to know this is a church-based clinic and, mm-hmm. and they will know that there are Christians who are working there. And we're going to be hoping to spreading the gospel as well as treating their physical needs. So one of the, one of the visions or thoughts that, I, that God put on my heart was, to be able to like pray for each patient that comes through our door, like at least like make it a practice in our clinic that like every person that comes to our door, we want to pray for them. Like, you know, we want to lay a hand over them and pray for them. Not even just, not even for like physical healing, just, just to pray for them. It could be for physical healing or for anything else they may be having struggles with. We'll ask them for a prayer request and we want to pray for them. That's awesome to hear. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I just had another question come mm-hmm. to mind. Mm-hmm. Will you, will you be doing similar work at, during your two-year stop in Guatemala? Yeah, great question. So, um, yeah, I did mention that two-year pit stop, as I'm calling it, to Guatemala. <laughs> that will come a little bit 
that that would be the first part. Um, I did want to mention one more thing about Nicaragua before I before we jump to the Guatemala. So the only thing left with Nicaragua is um, basically what to lay out the plan a little bit more um, completely would be 2025. The plan is to renovate the building, just do a lot of preparing, not really opening the clinic yet. So it will be another building is physically standing. I don't know what it looks like, so we'll have to renovate the building, get supplies, hire staff. We need nurses, doctors, administrators, assistants, everyone to be able to run this clinic. And then in 2026, the plan is to actually open the clinic and um, evaluate it. And we're hoping to use the, the Nicaraguans in all of this from start to finish. This is their city, their clinic. We're just there as partners with them. And so that's all of 2025 to 2026 will be in Nicaragua. And then to answer your question, the pit stop to Guatemala, that will be happening this year. I leave the end of August and I'll be going to Guatemala. So why am I going to Guatemala? Great question. Well, the Alliance has a very strong um, church in the capital city of Guatemala. And for the first time ever, that church is interested in sending missionaries from their own congregation into the world. So again, God is just up to some cool things here in Central America, not here, you know, <laughs> we're not in Central America, but he's up to some pretty cool things in Central America, opening this doorway for Nicaragua and now doing this cool initiative in Guatemala. And I get to be part of all of that. I'm so excited to share with you guys so that you guys can be part of the journey too as well. So just by hearing about it and giving me your thoughts and prayers. But um, basically, the, the alliance was like, oh, what if Guatemala is interested in sending missionaries from their church? What if we send Faith to join that church there and she can assimilate and build relationships in hopes that after two years there, because that's the plan is I will be there for two years, then we can get a team going of people who are interested to join her in Nicaragua. That's awesome. So it sounds like what your, what your church and your mission organization thought is that this church in Guatemala would be, would be a great place for you to train to do your work in Nicaragua. You got it right. And speaking of training, while I'm there, I will be interning at a clinic, and that will be a great opportunity for me to just learn and watch and see how they do things. All right. Yeah, it's great to hear. Sounds Sounds exciting. Yeah, and another big part of Guatemala also is, uh, besides getting a team going, it's also to, like I said, learn a lot. So I do have to learn the language still. I do not speak Spanish fluently. I took some in, in high school, but that's, you know, about it. So learn the language. I have to learn the culture when I'm there. And then, like I said, learn tropical medicine, how, did, how they do things there. So that's a big part of Guatemala. So that's why... I'm so thankful to have this two-year buffer period, so to speak, before the real deal in Nicaragua. Right. Yeah, that, that is important to have because this is, you know, this is, a, this is very important work that, that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just so awesome that you've received such a great calling on your life. Mm -hmm. but, but you really got to be prepared. Exactly. Because we hear a lot of stories about pastors and missionaries who are rushing out whether to the international mission field or, or behind the pulpit without being properly trained. And, mm -hmm. and oftentimes they'll burn out. You know, you'll hear of some scandal going on in the church because, mm -hmm. you know, because of an ill-equipped pastor who might be very intelligent, might know the Bible very well, mm -hmm. may even be fairly spiritual mature. But if you're just coming out of seminary when you're, like 
25, 26, mm-hmm. you know, I, at that point, you're, you might not be ready to be a head pastor, you know, because you haven't had that, experience. that, yeah, that shepherding experience mm-hmm. and, and just the life experience of, of, you know, dealing with, <laughs> dealing with drama and dealing with, you know, being put in that environment. Mm-hmm. So, so yes, it's, it's very important to, to be prepared. In fact, you could say that even Jesus underwent a preparation period before mm-hmm. his three and a half year ministry of That's true. being tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. So That's a very true point, yep. Yeah, we see it throughout scripture that, you know, the, the characters of the Bible after being called to great missions, they undergo a preparation period. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it, I mean, for Moses, it was, was 40 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another example. I was say, yep. So, yes, it's very important. It I think sounds even, like. Even Saul, I think even like Saul, little Paul, I think he also underwent like at least a, a, a time frame where from his calling before he actually started preaching to people. So. Yep, yep. He went away into Arabia. Okay. Yep, that's what it, that's what it says. Mm-hmm. But yes, I just thought that it seems like this organization is very invested in mm-hmm. making sure that you're properly trained and well supported, and I thank God for that. Amen. They definitely are. Like this application process has been very long and tedious, and it's for a reason. They want to make sure you're very prepared. They've given you all the exams, all the things that they can think of to make sure that you're ready to go do this. Especially serving overseas is a whole nother battle, um, and so. That, that year-long preparation process and then, before I even go, and then going to Guatemala, that's also another two-year preparation because I'll be doing lots of learning, like I said, and their biggest focus, the Alliance, is they want to make sure that I have the language down pat in, you know, before I leave for Nicaragua because they strongly believe that if I don't have the language down, I can't really be very successful in my ministry, right. <laughs> which makes sense. Yes. <laughs> Yes, indeed. That would, I can imagine, you know, uh, a doctor slash nurse and patient having a language barrier. That, that would be pretty tough to navigate. Yes, I already experienced it a little bit as my job in Minneapolis. I see a bunch of different um, ethnic groups, including his um, Hispanics patients. And I already experienced it right now, not knowing the language and the barriers that I face, having to rely on, you know, technology to interpret or people or other people. And it's very, very hard. So it's a blessing to be able to learn the language, to be able to communicate effectively with those who you are serving. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. I was just going to add and... Um, because I actually happened to be working for a company that um, I recently got a position working for a company that they they provide global remittance services. So you go there and and you send money to other parts of the world. And most of whom my company serves is is Latin America. And I haven't encountered too much of a language barrier yet because most, I mean, the people I work with all know English, but, but sometimes I'll just pick up little phrases here and there that, 
that it's good to know what they mean. For example, when a consumer might give their occupation in Spanish and luckily I have the internet right there. You know, it's not like, because mm -hmm. in real time, you know, if you had to pull out your phone and Google Translate what your patient was trying to tell right, you. That's very hard. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty awkward. So my experience really isn't quite the same, but I guess I know a little bit of that. Yeah. But uh, we did mention support earlier, so how's, how's support raising going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Um, yes, I do have to raise half of my support. I'm thankful that the, the Alliance does um, cover the other half, so that's a big like relief for me. It takes a lot of the burden off. I can just focus on like sharing the ministry with people and not have to worry too much about raising all of my support. So praise God for that. But yes, I am currently, I'm in the process of raising $2,500 a month um, to be able to sustain the ministry that God has called me to in Nicaragua. And I am trusting God to provide this amount for me by my August date. And honestly, I'm already in faith that he will because he's the one who's called me to this. He's opened doorways. He's you know, provided me the right everything. He's just in all of the things. I can just tell you story after story of how God has been faithful to me already mm. in this whole process. So I am trusting him to provide for me and um, and believing that he already has everything set up and all my funds ready to go. I just kind of wait in time. He'll review all of it. But yeah, um, Anybody who is interested in um, supporting me financially can just go to their website. So it's cm cmalliance.org slash give. And then there are options there that you can um, select. One option is to give to a worker you love. That would be the way to like give to my ministry specifically by entering that, clicking that box and entering my name in that box. So that's one way to do it if you are interested. All right. Well, I'll be sure to throw the link in the description. So... Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yes, no trouble. You can also reach out to me if you're interested um, in hearing more or receiving newsletters. I will be sending newsletters um, every month um, to just kind of let people know how things are going. So if you're interested in receiving newsletters, Isaac, maybe you might also throw my information in the, in the chat as well. You can reach out to me. Okay. Yeah, for sure. But I've, I've had on a few guests who have who are either serving long-term as missionaries or I had on someone who did a YWAM and, and God definitely provided for them too. It was, thank you. Yeah. Missionary work. It, it seems like there, there are a lot of twists and turns involved. Mm -hmm. You know, there are some places that just getting to there might not be super easy. Exactly. But, but God provides. Amen. I mean, considering what, you know what missionaries in the New Testament went through to to bring the gospel to the rest of the Roman Empire but mm -hmm. you know Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church and mm -hmm. and the gospel will go forth mm -hmm. to to the quarters of the earth exactly nothing can stop him he's the one who he he owns everything and he nothing is too hard for him actually somebody reminded me the other day about how the first disciples that Jesus sent out, if you remember, he sent them out with nothing. He said, do not take anything with you, do not bring 
food, not clothes, nothing. Just go with what's on your back already. And then he said, go to different, you know, go to, as you, as you go to each town, you know, you can knock on people's doors and if they receive you, you stay there and you eat what they provide you and you do what they, what they do. If they don't receive you, you keep moving. And God provided for those disciples, those very first disciples who literally did not fundraise, who didn't do any of that before they went, they just said, oh, God is calling me to go spread the gospel. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's, man, that's so wild to think about. And mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's that's not exactly the norm when God is calling out missionaries, but he has done that. That definitely was, was an exercise in faith mm -hmm. because they were also living in a time, you, you couldn't just go to a McDonald's and give them a few bucks. Exactly. This, I mean, a lot of people at this time were not sure where their next meal was going to come from. Exactly. And of course, in the developed world, we we really can't imagine that. No, but. we can't. Exactly. So that's why I was very encouraged when she said that, because I was like, wow, okay, well, if God can provide for those disciples who did not fundraise before starting their ministry, um, I think God can provide for me who is fundraising before I start my ministry. <laughs> Amen. That's That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. So um, overall, if you had to describe maybe in a phrase or, or, or just briefly, what, what are you looking forward to the most? Hmm. Wow, that's a really good question. I have not really thought of that. I've been thinking more about all the hardships and difficulties that I'm going to face. Hmm. And I haven't really been thinking about all the positives that's going to happen as well. I've just been thinking more like, yep, I know I'm going there and I better get myself ready for some real hard times. Just like, you know, just when you start out as a missionary, everything is so hard. Just like getting yourself rooted, rooted again and just like, mm -hmm. I just am in for a wake-up call I don't, can't even imagine the half of it but you actually bring up a really good point Isaac that there are gonna be also really good things that are gonna be happening as well and um, yeah I guess in that light then I'm looking forward to um, all the relationships God is going to bless me with I am looking forward to learning more about the Latino culture and just like I've heard that they're very warm culture friendly people and gracious which I need for all the mistakes I'm going to learn uh, be making so I am just looking forward to getting to know um, that culture better and being like accepted by them and loved by them and the relationships that God is going to bless me with just to be able to like have friends and people who I might even be able to call like mom and dad, because I'm going by myself. I don't have anybody who I'm going with. I'm single. I'm not going with my parents or anybody. It's just me and my best friend, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why I'm looking forward to relationships the most, because it's through relationships that I'm going to feel like that I have support and 
that people are around me and that and like that's the main point of ministry too is relationships like I don't even I mean yes when I get to Nicaragua eventually I'm, I'm looking forward to like the clinic being able to be open and meeting people's physical needs that would be pretty cool too but overall I think I would say I'm looking forward to relationships the most hmm. yeah I mean of course you're obviously not going there on vacation but mm-hmm. But it definitely will be enriching to get to experience another culture and mm-hmm. and to get to meet plenty of new people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because on the one hand, obviously you're going there to serve, but you know you're also going to receive. You'll see more of Christ and and just seeing how He's working. And I mean, this is why I was I was so happy when you when you came on the podcast because. I wanted to hear all about what the Lord was was doing. Exactly. Honestly, I feel like I'm going to be more on the receiving end of things, um, especially as I'm just getting started. But even in long-term wise, I really feel like um, I have a lot to learn and not very much to offer anybody. And I feel like I'm just going to be so blessed um, by others. And I feel like they have a lot to teach me, they have a lot to offer me, and the only thing that I really have to offer them is just Jesus, and just my, just to point them towards him, but beyond that, I don't really have much to offer them, so I just feel like I'm so excited to, I think it's going to be, I think I'm going to be more blessed than, than me even, you know, serving others, like I feel like I'm going to feel um, like our like relationships are what's going to be like where it's just more like a mutual, like they're blessing me, I'm blessing them. It's not like a one-sided, like I'm serving them. Like I really, you know, feel like it's going to be like a mutual relationship where I'm receiving a lot from them. And then they also receive the love of Christ from me as well. And I really am big on like, and one of my prayer requests that we're going to get to eventually when we end this podcast, a prayer request would be like, just like helping me to enter that country with humility to not um, go in thinking I have too much to offer them because I don't, but just to kind of go in humbly. This is their country. They're the ones receiving me. I'm at their mercy and I need grace from them as I struggle with the language and as I fumble through culture and make a bunch of mistakes and I am going to learn a lot from them and the only um and like with ministry like when I think of ministry I think more like I just think relationships I don't really think too much about like anything else I just think of relationships like which is literally all that life is anyway so honestly you can do you can do ministry anywhere you are you don't even have to go across the ocean if, if we're saying my definition of ministry is just engaging in relationships and trying to point others to Christ which is what I would call ministry then you can do that anywhere would you agree Isaac absolutely amen that was good word in fact I was just gonna I was just gonna bring that up that we're all called to be missionaries mm-hmm. You know, when I was inviting you on the podcast, I was I was very specific in saying that you're about to take the international mission field mm-hmm. because 
you know, you and I, we're, we're on the mission field mm -hmm. wherever we are. Exactly. I'll be the first to admit I don't always live this out, but, but you know, I think that's, that is a mindset that I've been adopting recently. Good. That God has sent all of us and the people here in the, here in the Twin Cities area, you know, they're just as lost as anyone. So, mm -hmm. you know, all we like sheep have gone astray. Mm -hmm. But yeah, faith, that's exactly. a, that's a great perspective to have. Yeah. Um, that's why I believe that like, yup, you can be a missionary right where you are. You can minister to people right where you are. And honestly, I don't even believe you were even too much as like, as far as like ministry, because it's like, I feel like ministry has so much like things that it comes with. Whereas I'm just doing it as like my life now, like this is my life that I am embarking on. This mm. is my forever now. So if I think, mm -hmm. if I keep thinking too much about it, it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to go be a missionary and I'm going to be ministering and I'm going to be serving. Then like to me, that is already like tiring me out just thinking about it. Hmm. And this is my life now, I'm telling you. This is not a short-term trip. This is my life now. I'm leaving. And yes, it'll only be for two years. And then I come back. But then after I come back, it's just for a couple of months. And then I go back again for mm -hmm. another two years. This is my life now. So I cannot afford to think of it as too much of like ministry and missionary and serving because to me i'm gonna get so tired out that's how burnout happens it's, mm. if it's your mindset about it it's like you're thinking like oh yeah like i'm there to serve 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 nope that's why i said at the beginning i am there i'm gonna be blessed most of all i'm gonna be receiving a lot from people they have a lot to offer me i'm there to live learn and love and that is my life that's how i define ministry as living and learning and loving others hmm. Amen. Well, it definitely sounds like, you know, your church and Christian and Missionary Alliance, but most of all, God and his providence mm -hmm. have, it sounds like they've, you know, they're, they're doing well in, in equipping you for the task that the Lord has put before you. Mm -hmm. Yep. Amen. Amen. Hmm. So I encourage all of you guys, wherever you are at, just to remember that ministry is simply living where you are, learning and loving people. Right, because there's a chance that even, you know, hearing Faith and I talk, that, that it's become clear to you that the international mission field isn't for you, and that's, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. That's totally respectable. That mm -hmm. Your neighbor needs you too. Exactly needs Jesus, as you say, your neighbor needs Jesus too. So go across the street, ring their doorbell and share some brownies with them. <laughs> hmm. Amen. Yeah, that, that, no, that's an idea. Yeah, there definitely is, is not a lot of connectedness in the world mm -hmm. here in America. Mm -mm. You know, it's, um, yeah, a lot of people who are just, who are just adrift, who are who are seeking some kind of connection and and whether they know it or not they are searching for god because on the one hand you know nobody seeks god mm -hmm. not even one but on the other his law has been written on our hearts and 
in some way, God's common grace is at work in your neighbor's heart. Mm -hmm. So that's something else to consider when evangelizing is how do you see God's common grace? Hmm. Because the Holy Spirit is already working in that person's heart. You know, just as Jesus said, I have sent my spirit into the world to convict the world concerning sin and righteousness. Hmm. And also, anyone can change. You know, Paul was, he was no friend of the church for, mm-hmm. you know, for a good portion of his life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, God had other plans for him. Mm-hmm. So. That's right. And I'm very big on to, I mean, what God recently has told me, like, you know, along with all of Isaac is saying is like what the way the word that the phrase that I would give all that Isaac is saying is like um, for us as Christians to be the church wherever we are. And for me, what God has revealed that to mean is like I am guilty of just going to church. Like I go to church, I come back and that's it. Like nothing really changes too much on my day to day life. I don't apply too much of anything that I learn. I don't reach out to my neighbors and do anything with it. Like we live in our own bubble. We put our our curtains down. We just want our own privacy. And God told me a few months back that don't just go to church. Be the church. Be the church for those who don't go to church. So that means your neighbors, your co-workers, your friends, those who do not go to church, those who don't think they're good enough to go to church because mm. church is for those who are perfect and have their <laughs> lives together. Be the church for those people who will never feel safe enough to step foot in a church because church is great but if it's only serving those who already know Jesus, then what's the, then how is the gospel getting spread? Be the church for those who are outside of the church, who may be on the church's um, front steps, but are not actually in the church or who are far from the church. Go to your, go across the street, like I said earlier, ring their doorbell and get to know that person on a personal level with no agenda. So when I say be the church, I'm not saying have an agenda of, oh, I'm going to go proselytize this hmm. person. I just mean literally, because what is a church? For me, the church is somebody, it's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the body of Christ. It's the hands of Christ, the feet of Christ. So the church just means being a person that shows love to others. That's what Jesus did. Jesus came for sinners. He did not come for the perfect people. He came for the sick people. Hmm. And so that's why I mean, I just mean cross the street and build a relationship with those who are around you who do not go to church, who don't think they're safe or good enough to go to church. Build a relationship and just get to know them on a personal level, no strings attached, no agenda. You're not there to save them, to, 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 to change them. You're just there to be a friend, be a neighbor, be the church. Hmm. Amen. That's a good word. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as you were saying, uh, um, people who, you know, might not feel safe about the church, I'm just, you know, I got to give a quick tribute to the to the recently deceased Tim Keller, RIP. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, he always said that the church is not a museum for saints, it is a hospital for sinners. Amen. So 
Amen. Yeah, just thought I'd throw that out there. And, and you know, another shout out to Tim Keller. If you ever find yourself in a debate or, or even if you find yourself questioning things about God, because, you know, I do fairly often. His book, Reason for God, I, I went through that in a book study one summer and, and I found that very helpful. Good to know. That's cool. Yes. All right. Well, uh, this has been great. Yes, it has. And I do have some prayer requests whenever you're ready to have me share them. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, so just please, as um, you have heard this journey that I'm about to begin, please join me in prayer that God would indeed form this team that we need to be able to go to Nicaragua and open this clinic. Please be in prayer that I can learn the language and the culture. And then please be in prayer for, like I said earlier, just lots of humility and perseverance as I go through this. I am going to fail. I'm going to fall. It's going to be a challenge. So please pray for me to not give up and to know that God is with me always. Amen. And, you know, I also had had another thought. I, I'm going to give a quick teaser for, for a future episode. So... I've been corresponding with someone in my church. His name is Jeremiah, and I'm gonna have him on. And what he, he did something really cool. He and a friend, they had heard that there was a, there was a Satan worshiping convention up in Boston. Hmm. And what he describes is that he felt led by the Lord, he and his friend to, to go do some ministry there. Hmm. So. Wow. So tune in uh, next time or maybe a couple episodes down the road. I still haven't finalized when Jeremiah is going to come on, but mm-hmm. hear all about hear all about his uh, his adventure. Yeah. So so stay tuned because that's coming up. That sounds pretty crazy. Yes, it is. But but it'll be great. It'll be yet another opportunity to to see what God is doing. Exactly. Yep. Well, thanks again for coming and sharing about God's work in your heart mm-hmm. and and uh, his plan for your life. And again, you know, prayerfully consider supporting faith and I'll put the links in the description. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Isaac, for having me. It's been a, p- a pleasure. Yes, thank you. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. <laughs>